1: Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune into The Future of Entrepreneurship, of Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Intuit from Vulture.
2: I'm Sam Sanders. And I gotta say, I'm pretty partial to my first two guests this episode. I like them both a lot introduce yourselves
3: oh sam i like you too i'm saeed
2: jones (laughs) thank
4: you hi darlings and i'm zach stafford a friend of sam's an old friend
3: i guess
2: (laughs) yes yes
4: yes well also tell our listeners what y'all do y'all do a lot you
2: know give us your titles as well
3: uh i'm a writer and poet and uh this september 13th my new book a poetry collection alive at the end of the world comes out so get ready girls it's over get ready it's a yes. wrap yes oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> i love it
4: and i'm zach Safram. i'm a friend of both of these people i'm a journalist and i'm a producer who recently uh, did a show on broadway that you both have seen
3: called a strange loop oh i'm mm-hmm. so excited i can do this on a vulture podcast okay <clears throat> periodically
4: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was amazing <laughs>
3: Uh, when they
2: aren't producing Tony Award-winning Broadway plays or writing award-winning books, these two fellas, uh, they host a podcast with me called Vibe Check. I think it's the perfect companion to Intuit from Vulture, but we'll discuss more in a bit. First, we're going to play a game called It, Not Into It. Saeed, Zach, are y'all ready to play? I,
3: you can't see, but I'm like literally like stretching and cracking knuckles. I'm, ready. I'm very nervous
4: to play this with Saeed because Saeed is famously always right. So I don't even try. So I'm just, I'm just here. I am here.
2: There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. First one. Are we into or not into Gwyneth Paltrow joining the ABC series Shark Tank as a first time guest shark for its 14th season? I'm into it. I'm I'm into into that. Didn't
3: know about it, but I'm okay. Yeah. Y'all are both into it. Why? Tell me why. Well, because I think the most interesting thing Gwyneth has done probably, oh gosh, for the last decade is be an incredibly successful businesswoman. So why not? I'm gooped. I'm gagged. I'm yeah. a gog. <laughs> I agree.
4: It's really about like the pitch. That show's all about the pitch, not about the follow through. Some of those products really scale and make a lot of money or whatever. But you now let let this white woman go tell her stories, make her money. I'm cool with it. I, 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 I and That's why Gwyneth and I will always be cool. She never messes with me. She stays in her lane. I don't even watch that show. <laughs> she We're does. good. We're good.
2: Also, apparently she was at one point like best friends with Beyonce. So I got to give her something for that. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, I did because. that.
3: It wasn't it like their kids were going to the same school or something
4: yeah i think that something's like
2: all i know is there was that one video years ago of gwyneth paltrow backstage at a jay-z and kanye uh concert when they were touring when ninjas in paris was like really big Mm -hmm. and they get to the chorus of ninjas in paris and gwyneth is backstage and she raps all the lyrics
5: Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right, Gwen. G- Gweneth Gwyn-
4: has black <laughs> friends,
3: you know? She
2: has
5: black <laughs> friends. <laughs> they just happen
4: to be Beyonce and
3: Jason. Also, I will say, you know, I, I yeah. would say the, the idea of nepotism. She is a bona fide nepotism She's baby. She's nepo. She's nepotism. They don't, a they nepo don't nepo baby. make 100. nepotism yeah. babies like that anymore. No.
2: You know, it's funny. I disagree with y'all on whether Gwyneth Paltrow should be guest judging on Shark Tank because I think that her business is pseudoscience. But I also must admit, I have watched all of her Goop series on Netflix. I watched every single one of those things. That's so funny. Anywho, for those who want to see, Shark Tank returns on September 23rd with one Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Number two. Are y'all into... Or not into JLo cutting dancers based on their
4: astrological signs. <laughs> Listen. I... <laughs> Did y'all see this? I have been living off this tea for a I, week. Didn't I haven't know eaten about a solid. This. You didn't know about no. this, Saeed? Oh, Zach, tell Saeed oh about my it. Tell, God. tell Well, Said. okay. Short, the short of it is that white woman from Glee who played a lesbian. What is her name, Sam? Heather Morris. Heather she Morris. was a
2: dancer oh, okay. in Glee yeah. alum She was a blonde cheerleader mm-hmm. on she Glee. was a fierce yes. dancer. Who's mm-hmm. also a dancer. She played Britney on Glee.
4: Well, she wasn't such a good dancer because she auditioned for Jennifer Lopez years ago and she was cut when Jennifer Lopez asked the group who here is a Virgo and she raised her hand and J-Lo <laughs> dismissed all the
3: Virgos, allegedly. Oh, that's... Uh, also, that's wild because I feel like Virgos would make great dancers if the well, entire point is like sticking to the choreography. Well, you know, what, what are sticking Virgos to the thing? Plan? What's
2: their deal? Virgos are what? Like sensual? What is their... Like, what are Virgos? Well, you know, Beyonce's a Virgo. Beyonce's a Virgo.
3: They love to plan. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think the big like red flag for me, and when I heard this, and I did the googling, and it was correct, is that the one Virgo that probably hurt her the most was her ex husband Mark Anthony, and he yeah. is a Virgo. Oh, so, so just like bad
3: vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think astrology is interesting um, in part because I love mythos and symbolism and storytelling, but also mostly because it kind of helps people communicate like even when people are like i'm not into that i don't think i'm like x y sign and then they start talking about it and suddenly you have someone kind of kind of talking about their interests their preferences Mm -hmm. you know what makes them feel comfortable i think that's productive would i i would never make a decision that would go against all of the other information though
2: well and so what's crazy is um it was kind of like financially unfair to the Virgos. So Heather Morris, when she was telling this story, uh, she was talking to Justin Martindale on his podcast. And she said at the point that J-Lo came in, asked who the Virgos were, and then whispered to her, her assistant and then dismissed the Virgos, this came after a full day of auditioning to dance with J Lo, so all the dancers were in auditions all day, and they weren't paid for that. Oh, wow. so it wasn't just that the Virgos yeah. got dismissed because they were Virgos; they got dismissed with no money, no nothing,
4: hmm. which is messy. But you know, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, ignore, Zach, are you into it? I'm still into it because I love <gasps> the performance of a diva. I love when the diva just fulfills Hi. every wild expectation I have of them. And this is something, again, Gwyneth doing Shark Tank, JLo firing Virgos. This aligns with how I think of these people, and I support it. They are being themselves, <laughs> okay. and I support them.
2: Okay. If y'all had to cut a Zodiac sign from your dance auditions, which Zodiac sign would you cut and why?
3: Oh. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Capricorns. Why? Um, they are ambitious. They are calculating. They are thinking four or five steps ahead of you. <laughs> that person doesn't want to be your backup dancer. They want to be you. Oh, that's so, real. That's uh, real. I'd be nervous. If that's I was in real. diva mode. If okay. I was in diva mode. Yeah.
4: Okay. I in similar that. similar thinking, I would cut Leos. I love Leos so much, but Leos take shut, up shut a lot <laughs> <laughs> of space. No, 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 no. Stop See, it. See, example, example A we right now, Sam Sanders, Stop. we know. <laughs> <laughs> You think we so, don't know? <laughs> we, Listen, hey, That's the if problem, I were, Sam. We okay. don't need to know who the backup dancers are. So I don't need a Leo backup dancer. I need a Leo okay. lead singer. That's it.
2: Listen, well, if this Leo was putting together a team of dancers, he wouldn't. Because I don't need no background See? dancers. See? I'm See? the dancer. See? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, last one. Are we into or not into... Kevin Bacon doing an acoustic guitar cover of Beyonce's Heated on his farm with his goats.
3: I'm into it mostly because of the goats and because it wasn't a bad cover, but mostly Same. because of the goats. Okay. I love goats. Yeah.
4: Same. Also love because Drake, okay. Drake wrote the song with Beyonce. And I just love the idea of Drake's... Can I say this on the show? I'm gonna say it. Drake's gay ass writing a song that Beyonce (laughs) sings. And Kevin (laughs) Bacon then covers? (laughs) And I'm not calling Drake. I don't know what Drake does in the bedroom. He just gives me like I don't gay think Drake aesthetic. knows what Drake does
3: in the bedroom. no. He doesn't. <laughs>
4: oh he my God! He just gives me the sense and sensibility of a bottom, and I just <gasps> love that he wrote it. He he
3: wrote heat it with that whole. thing. I with think that he just goes in there, turns off the lights, hopes for the best, and then hands them a Birkin bag on their way out.
4: One hundred percent. Oh my. One hundred percent.
3: Yes. But Kevin Bacon. Yes. Also, I like his wife. I can't. I Kira. Yeah kira sedgwick yes love her love the closer She's a sweetheart um which is probably the last yeah. piece of propaganda i was really into um but really it's the goats <laughs> i just love the goats paying homage to beyonce incredible yeah i will say like i've always
2: respected kevin bacon he's one of those celebrities that just keeps working and never has a scandal um but watching him with the goats singing beyonce it was the first time i was like oh i think i'm a attracted to this Oh oh you were feeling something a little different than admiration energy. Listen, Mm. he was heated and so was I. Okay. Perfect. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it.
4: Sam's liking him some bacon today. Okay. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Swine is fine oh, I no, will say this is, a good, what? this is a good week <laughs> oh, to point God. out Here's the issue with you Sam In addition to you being a Leo Just when I'm able to forget for a minute That you are the oldest living ancestor um, You <laughs> uh, like come back and rem- And I'm like damn it's like You've been 75 your whole life,
2: whole life. I've been 75 since I was 17 yes. and I'm fine with that As prophesied Saeed, it's,
3: it's just, it's just the way things are. It's the way they're meant to be. Don't fight it.
4: I, I have been in this this game for a minute with Saeed, and I have become wise, <laughs> and I don't fight against the, what is going to happen.
2: Thanks again to my friends Saeed Jones and Zach Stafford. You can hear the three of us
3: on our podcast, Vibe Check. Also, I am I'm very much in the Midwest right now in a huge thunderstorm. <laughs> Just rolled in. So, you know, if stuff gets a little glitchy. You should go dance in the rain like Drew Barry. I'm too black for that. (laughs) Love that for her. Love that for her, though.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
2: Summer is basically over, which means it is perhaps my second favorite time of year. That time of year, a lot of people with too much time on their hands debate with intensity which song is the song of the summer. I love these debates so much. And in my opinion, they've gotten even more heated because now more than ever, it is really difficult to make a definitive pick. So with that, let's debate. I brought on two of my distinguished Vulture colleagues to hash things out.
6: I'm Rihanna Cruz. I produce Switched on Pop.
7: I'm Charlie Harding. I also produce Switched on Pop.
2: It's a show about the making and meaning of popular music. (laughs) There we go. So I could think of no two better people to ask the central question of my summer, which is, what is the song of the summer, if there even is one? How dare you ask, Sam? I <laughs>
7: we killed the Song of Summer years ago.
6: I don't necessarily think it's that easy, Sam.
2: <laughs> Tell me more.
6: Yeah, I feel like in, in 2022, my personal stance is that the Song of the Summer isn't necessarily the way we used to know the Song of the Summer, because I feel like the Song of the Summer used to be a cultural moment that everybody sort of rallied behind. Like, Get Lucky was the Song of the Summer of the year it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like feel that for 2022 because the way we listen to music is so decentralized right now. Nobody really listens to radio as much as they used to. TikTok brings a million different songs in 15 second clips every other week. Like there's there's so many options right now. The song of the summer that we used to know it as doesn't necessarily exist.
7: Rihanna's right, but it's definitely Break My Soul by Beyonce. You
6: won't break my soul.
2: I have to begrudgingly admit that if I'm looking at the metrics that matter, TikTok ubiquity, radio airplay, uh, performance on the charts, pound for pound by the numbers, I think it has to be, and I hate to say this, I think it has to be Lizzo's It's About Damn Time.
6: Wow. That, that that would have been one of my top.
2: I mean, am I wrong to say that? It's everywhere.
7: I mean, it is the get lucky of this season because it does feel like it's a continuation of Daft Punk's record Random Access Memories with all of the disco <gasps> sheen, yeah. the slap
2: bass. <laughs> yeah. You
7: know, the just on the nose references to past music. You know, Lizzo says, been feeling down and under pressure. Under pressure. Way too fine Mm. to be this stressed. Under pressure, of course. David Bowie, Queen. I like it. It's fun. It's got uh, flutes.
2: It's got bells. It's got good (laughs) harmonies. So when I first heard it, I hated it because I said immediately, well, the Lizzo song Juice is a better version of this song. And it sounds like It's About Damn Time was cooked up in a lab to be a number one Lizzo hit. (laughs) It just feels like it was created for TikTok dancing and virality. Mm -hmm. And it was created to win a contest of Song of the Summer.
7: That may be true, but I have to say that fast food is made to be scrumptious and even if this is super produced it's doing it for me it's fun
6: I don't know I feel like it's a grower for sure I used to be of the camp that that Lizzo makes old navy commercial music I don't know if you've ever heard that but that's something that like I think is really really accurate so initially I was very I I think like opposed to this song but um it's grown on me over time I think it continues a sort of trend that we're seeing between Beyonce and Lizzo of this disco sort of vibe coming back to the top of the charts. These days, there's there's a renewed interest in older music. Personally, like, one of my songs of the summer, if not my pick for de facto song of the summer, is Running Up That Hill.
7: Ah, Kate Bush.
2: Okay, we're going to have to pause right there and really unpack that because I believe you are the youngest person in this chat right now. I am. And that song might be older than you.
6: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, but Rihanna's
7: also the only person in this chat room with a Kate Bush tattoo right now.
6: This is true. What? Tell me
2: all about all of this.
6: I'm a Kate Bush stan. I am currently sitting under a vintage Hounds of Love poster. I have a tattoo on my arm that says cloud busting, which is the fifth track off of Hounds of Love and my favorite Kate Bush song. Like running up that hill is not the song of the summer because I'm a Kate Bush diehard I'm saying that because I feel like it's genuinely true and accurate.
2: Yeah, like it came into the zeitgeist this summer because of that song's feature in the newest season of the Netflix hit Stranger Things.
6: Right, right. And I I don't watch Stranger Things. So I was just like, oh, cool. All of this renewed interest in Kate Bush. That's so funny to me. (laughs) But I've actively been hearing it everywhere. I think it's one of the only songs this year, maybe even alongside Break My Soul, to capture the summer zeitgeist in a way that is so ubiquitous, right? Like, like it's on TikTok, it's out of car speakers, it's at the club, everybody is, like, remixing it, putting their spin on what it. What club
2: like, did you hear running up that hill? <laughs>
6: Sam, I go to gay clubs. <laughs> I, so do I! So do I. <laughs> I!
2: I'm going to the
7: wrong gay clubs.
6: I, I've been hearing it everywhere.
7: Okay, Sam, you know how... Uh, There are countless artists like your Taylor Swift's of the world that leave Easter eggs for us to discover their song as part of a long marketing release. I have this conspiracy theory idea that perhaps Stranger Things has been seeding our interest in Kate Bush since it landed and has been been Netflix's biggest (laughs) show. Because we actually spoke with Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein, who composed the music for that show, who specifically cite Kate Bush as a... as a significant really? influence to their sound. So it's almost really? like the soundtrack to that show, which is wildly popular, has mm-hmm. been just like slowly revealing to us all of these 80s synthesizers and beautiful melodies and just like a little bit of melancholy. I think Kate Bush has been with us for the last many years and we just didn't know it. And, uh, and now she's
2: fully arrived again. I like the Kate Bush plot more than I like the actual plot of Stranger Things. (laughs) (laughs) Me as well. I do love these instances of like classic songs being rediscovered by new groups of young people every five or six years. I think the same thing happens every few years with Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. And every few years, I see some viral video of some young kids hearing it for the first time, and their minds are blown. And it makes me so happy every time I see it. Mm. And to see it happen with Kate Bush's song as well, I'm like... I'm constantly here for this. And I hope in this era of streaming and whatever music is in right now, that this happens, like, all the time. Like, I can't wait for the kids to, like, discover Rush. I don't know what's next.
7: <laughs>
1: Please.
7: Uh, Sam, you're going to have to come back on Switched on Pop for a dedicated episode about Rush.
2: You are.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> you contain multitudes, Sam. I contain multitudes. All right, so so far I'm hearing uh, that there are arguments to be made for Lizzo having the song of the summer and Kate Bush having the song of the summer, but we've alluded to a third contender and haven't truly debated it.
1: My it is Beyonce's
2: Break My Soul. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. And say, as perhaps the world's biggest Beyoncé fan and a lover of her latest album, Renaissance, I'm going to say Break My Soul is not the song of the summer because pound for pound, it is not an outstanding Beyoncé single. (gasps) Wow. I know. Bite me. It's full of energy, but it feels very repetitive and it feels like it's not Getting as strange as the rest of Renaissance does, and I don't know. I just feel like when I think of lead singles from Beyoncé albums, this is not top five for me.
7: Yeah, I'm slowly backing away like
2: Homer Simpson into the bush, <laughs> into the Kate Bush, yeah. <laughs> the Kate Bush. <laughs> I'm going to have to close the loop on Beyonce so I don't get too much hate mail and say this. (laughs) Part of why Beyonce's Break My Soul is not the song of the summer is because whenever I hear Break My Soul on the radio, all I want to go do is go play Heated or go play Pure Honey or Mm. go play Alien Superstar. I just think it's like a strange first showcase for an album that is so rich. That said, y'all know I love Beyoncé, so don't even come at me, listeners. In my mentions,
6: <laughs> Sam, I get it though. Like, I, I think that Renaissance focuses it all, its attention on being an album rather than a collection of songs. I don't really see a specific single pulling away from the pack, even though "Break My Soul" was was the single. Like, I think the piece functions better in the context of of an yes. album. Similarly, I really enjoy the Bad Bunny record, and I would call it the album <laughs> oh of the summer. Body. Okay. What's it called? Un uh, verano senti.
2: What do you like about it?
6: I enjoy it because a certain quality of the song of the summer that like I always look for is a certain like genésoqua tropical vibes and like summer vibes, and you could hear it on the beach, you could hear it on a hot day out of speakers, wherever that applies. Is like the intersection of that is the song of the summer, and that's what I find in in Bad Bunny. Like I I love it. I've been listening to it everywhere, and I think it's similar to Renaissance, where you talk to everybody and they have a different favorite track off of it, but yeah. everybody's heard the Bad Bunny, and everybody sort of rallies behind that being the soundtrack of the past few months. Like I I think they're very similar.
7: Rihanna is spot on in that there are multiple songs over 400 million plays on Spotify off that record. One, wow. two, three. Wow. Four, yeah.
6: It's crazy. Four,
7: five. <laughs> like there's a lot of songs That's- that are crushing wow. it on that album.
2: Before we do a little informal vote amongst the three of us to crown a song of the summer, I want to ask you both if there are any other contenders that we should consider.
7: This might be out of left field, but the biggest song in K-pop right now is New Jean's Attention. You
5: and me, the mommy boy team. To tell the rock, get,
0: get, eat like a guy, see. Hey, You see
7: is this amazing throwback R&B song that I'm really loving. I would put that in the mix because that's a huge global hit. I also would say that Harry Styles is probably pretty sad that we're not talking about As It Was.
5: Oh! As It Was
2: was actually good!
7: It's a great song. Is it the
2: summer vibe that you're feeling? I don't know.
5: know. It was number one
2: on the Billboard charts, I want to say, for like eight weeks. It was all Mm -hmm. over for a while. He makes music for upscale restaurants that are never too loud. And that is my vibe right now in my life. (laughs) I love it. I dig
7: it. So, yeah. So let's call
2: him a contender uh, for As It Was. All right. So then if those are our contenders, uh, Lizzo with It's About Damn Time, Beyonce with Break My Soul, All A Bad Bunny, Kate Bush running up that hill, and Harry Styles as it was. If y'all had to pick right now one artist, one song, four song of the summer, even though I know you don't want to do that, if you had to pick, which of those five is it? I'm off to
7: get a Kate Bush tattoo. <laughs>
6: wow. Wow. Okay. I think I got to go Bad Bunny, honestly. Maybe it's just the, the little Puerto Rican in me, but I I have to. Like it It right. really embodies the summer for me.
2: I'm going to begrudgingly give it to Lizzo for It's About Damn Time. Mm. She is making music that feels pretty ephemeral right now. It is very girl boss kids bop energy, but it works. <laughs> Look what we did. We've determined
7: that there is no song of summer. We all contain multitudes. <laughs> we all contain
2: multitudes. You know, it's funny though. I've been thinking about how like that moment at which we could have diagnosed a song of the summer That moment's over in the same way that we've lost a monoculture in TV. Like, there's too much shit to watch Mm -hmm. and no one's in charge and nothing really stands out. It's really hard to do that. I feel like it's the same way in music. Streaming has opened up so much infinite possibility. It's really hard to see anything that grabs everyone's attention all the time. So if that is a reality and the era of the Song of the Summer is moving further and further behind us... What takes its place? Playlist of the summer? Festival of the summer? Should of the summer just be retired?
7: Best algorithmic playlist of the summer sounds like probably the most of the now kind of thing that it could be.
6: I think like as evidenced by the Bad Bunny, as evidenced by Renaissance, we are moving towards album of the summer because I I think an album can take up the cultural moment. In a way that a single song can't necessarily do anymore.
2: Yeah, And I'm glad about that because it felt like for a long time, streaming was killing the album. You know, album Mm -hmm. sales have been down astronomically for years now. But to see the way that the culture has seemed to latch on to Renaissance and to Bad Bunny, it gives me hope. Like, I'm talking to friends and I'm doing it myself. Like, I'm playing the album in its entirety. As the artist intended. And I had you asked me two or three years ago if I would ever be doing that again, I would have said no, but thank the Lord for Beyonce and Bad Bunny because they are bringing albums back. I like that. I love nerding out about music, uh, especially with two great colleagues like y'all. I appreciate it. Thank them. you, Sam. Great fun. Thank you, Sam. Alrighty. Bye. thanks again to charlie harding and rihanna cruz go check out their very good music podcast it's called switched on pop and please do not cancel me for not loving break my soul y'all know i love beyonce you know that okay so just let it be let it be Culturegeist. Culturegeist. You're listening to Culturegeist. Culturegeist.
1: I don't know, y'all. And now to a segment we're calling Culturegeist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you, haunting me, haunting all of us, for better or worse.
0: I'm Allison Wilmore, I am a film critic at Vulture, and what is haunting me at the moment is the fact that Harry Styles has made a movie about being in a fake relationship with a woman to cover up a gay love affair. I'm not talking about Don't Worry Darling, which is the movie he made with Olivia Wilde and which is in the middle of a very messy press cycle. I am talking about the other Harry Styles movie coming out this fall, My Policeman.
4: So how does it make you feel?
0: in which he plays a closeted cop in the 1950s who falls in love with another man and then to hide the relationship, dates and marries a woman. Here is the thing about this. Amidst all the attention that has been paid to Harry Styles' sexuality over the years, the most intense and unhinged has involved a conspiracy theory that he was secretly in a relationship with Louis Tomlinson, one of his One Direction bandmates. Fans have scrutinized their every interactions, their photos together, their tattoos, have called their girlfriends, and in Tomlinson's case, his baby fake. They've harassed people online. And the fact that Styles has decided to play this character in one of his first leading roles seems designed to make these very same fans just lose their minds. Is it trolling? Is it genius? Unclear, but it does seem like it's going to have the effect of making the question of whether Styles is a good actor or not seem kind of secondary.
5: Hello, my name is Alex Suskin. I'm the senior music editor for Vulture, and I am currently being haunted by DJ Khaled repeatedly shouting the words, God did... This is the name of his new album, but more than that, it is Khaled's new personal mantra. The full version being, they didn't believe in us, God did. God did. Khaled often just shortens it to God did. And like any of his past catchphrases, we the best, another one, major key, he's been using it with impunity. I've heard it on talk shows, on every single song of the new album.
3: God did.
5: I've read it on billboards, in magazines, I heard him say it like 50 times in a row at the VMAs the other night. God. At this point, he is saying it so often, I just assume he's shouting it to random passersby on the street.
2: God did.
5: This is a man who has turned into a God did windup doll. And now I hear it in my head constantly. Waking up in the morning, it's Khaled shouting in my ear, God did, making coffee. It's God did. When I go on a date, there he is again, bellowing God did in my head. In the year 2022, I didn't believe DJ Khaled could run another slogan into the ground, but you know who did? Yeah.
2: Thanks again to Alex Susskind and Allison Wilmore. My culture Geist this week is the actress Regina Hall in the new movie Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul she plays a mega church pastor's wife trying to rebuild their congregation after a sex scandal and she is pitch perfect in every single scene oscar worthy oscar worthy oscar worthy watch this film
4: i just don't see how that's possible all things are possible with god that's, that's matthew 19 26. Yes, it is.
2: she's the truth also, listeners, do you have a culture, Geist? A thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years? You can share it with us. The more specific you are, the better. We need your contributions. Send us a short voice memo at intuit at vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders, and the show is produced by Janae West, Jelani Carter, and Zach Mack. Our editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our podcast operations manager is Gabby Grossman. And Hannah Rosen is the editorial director of audio at New York Magazine. All right, listeners, we are back next Thursday with a new episode. All right, till then, bye-bye.
1: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. <laughs> but they choose to do it.